Hello and welcome to Matt Delia is Confused. This is Matt Delia, and today, today, and for the last few days, I've been something more than confused. In fact, this doesn't sound like a thing that's possible, but I think it is possible because I'm experiencing it. I think I am so confused by one thing. I'm so confused by it, and it is so demented that I think I've come around the other end, and I have ultimate clarity about this thing. I've been so demented, my mind has been so demented and thrust into such confusion that it has come out the other, it has had no choice but to come out the other side with a crystal clear fucking understanding. And unsurprisingly for anyone who does pay attention to the news. And if you do not, you are forgiven because the news is fucking depressing. Even if you're on antidepressants, even if you're on fucking heroin or PCP, You read the news, and you want to fucking cry. And you want to tear your eyes out, and you want to jump out the nearest window. Doesn't matter what state you're in. If you read the news after and during reading the news, you will want to cry, to tear your eyes out, and jump out the window. The news that has thrust me to confusion and beyond that I'm referring to is everything that's happened in the wake of the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I'm going to try to keep the details light because I'm not a fucking policy wonk. I'm not a pundit. I'm just someone reacting to the news as one does react to the news looking from the outside in. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the, uh, the, the, basically the foundational liberal Supreme Court justice. She was 87. She was battling cancer. And she lost that battle just the other day. And that's a big deal any time when a Supreme Court justice dies. There's only nine of them. They are lifetime appointments. And uh, the president chooses. So who the president is, it's it's very important who the president is. Uh, this is sort of neither here nor there, but uh, Trump had two picks already. Uh, Obama, in his entire presidency, had two picks. Um, I think Bush had two. I don't know. I'm not a fucking historian. Okay. And that's not the point anyway. The point actually is this. Okay. For those of you who don't know, wake the fuck up, take the rock out from over your head, remove it and pop your head up to where the fucking rest of the fucking world is. But if you didn't know this, fine. Again, you don't read the news. You are forgiven. 
But at the end of Obama's presidency, um, Justice... Uh, fuck, was it Justice... There was a vacancy. I think it might have been... No, it wasn't Justice Scalia dying. It was. Fuck, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? There was a vacancy. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> fuck. Um, and it was early. It was like February. And so there was at least... For, for Obama, there was 11 months of his presidency left. A whole year, basically. But there was an election coming up. It was 2016. And so a lot of uh, who we were voting on, for those of who, who, us who actually voted, of which there are not many, what the fuck? Everybody's a complainer, but most people don't vote. K. What? Vote. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things we were voting on when we were deciding between horrible candidate Hillary Clinton and even more horrible candidate Donald Trump. Trump won. He immediately picked Neil Gorsuch. And the, the, the reason that's controversial is because the Senate, the Senate was controlled by Republicans. They had a Senate, had a majority of Republicans. So they swore to not, to not vote on Obama's choice for the Supreme Court to fill the vacancy. This was a man named Merrick Garland. He actually was a relative moderate. Usually presidents pick uh, people who, who very much align with their ideologies. And I'll get, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But Obama, knowing the battle ahead, he chose a moderate and made the Republicans still reject it. And they did. They refused to let Obama's pick through. Merrick Garland didn't get to be on the Supreme Court. And Trump won. Senate majority was still Republican. Republican president. Chose a Republican uh, jurist. And he got approved. So now... In the last year of Trump's first term, 50 days before the election, 50 days, not eight months, not nine months, 50 days before, Republicans control the Senate, as I said, and they are trying to hurry up their choice. Trump's choice to get that person uh, confirmed before the year, first of all, but before the, even the election, but definitely, definitely before the year, because they know Trump will be president at least until January 21st or whatever the fuck, whenever a new president is sworn in. So the hypocrisy of that if it's not obvious there were many senators in 2016 who are still senators now and their rationale for not allowing obama's choice merrick garland to go through to even be voted on they blocked the vote entirely
I'm sorry, I just had to pause to, 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 to try to contain my mind, to try to allow my mind to not fucking explode. But yeah, the rationale was we, we got to let the voters decide. Because it's an election year, we can't let the president choose the next Supreme Court lifetime appointment on his way out. They would say this is not about Democrat or Republican. They would say this is about America and a fair system. Okay, so just to reframe real quick. Obama had a vacancy on the court nine months before the election. Republicans blocked him for nine months, blocked his candidate from even getting voted on. Four years later, and they were very outspoken about it, and I'm going to get to that in a minute too. They were very outspoken about it. And now those same exact Republicans are saying they're going to hurry up to fill the vacant seat with 50 days before the election. And back then they were, they were claiming that this was not about politics. This is about ensuring that it's a fair, everyone gets a fair shake that the American voters can vote on this. It could be part of the election. One of the things they're voting on. If you want a, a, a more right-leaning judge or a more left-leaning judge. So just to give you an idea of that, and Mitch McConnell is, in, is the head of the Senate, right? Okay, so Mitch McConnell was sort of the mouthpiece of the resistance of voting on Merrick Garland. And he was at the forefront of saying, this is about the election. We can't let a president in the final days of his term decide. We need to let the voters decide. Now, Mitch McConnell is saying, we're going to push someone through. Oh, we'll vote on it for sure. That's his point of view. Here is an ad from 2016, and I don't need to preface it. It's we the people. Sometimes the politicians forget that. The Supreme Court has a vacancy, and your vote in November is your only voice. Senator Mitch McConnell agrees the American people should decide. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. It's about your voice. You choose the next president. The next president chooses the next justice. Call Senator Mitch McConnell. Thank him for letting the people decide. Thank him for letting the people decide. Only when he wants them to. Thank you for letting the people decide when Mitch McConnell decides we should let the people decide. So that was Mitch McConnell's stance back then. And he was in many places, many times, repeating over and over again that this was beyond politics. This was about letting the American people decide, okay? And he is the head of the Senate, but he's not the only senator all of them were unified. Every single Republican senator from fucking Mitch McConnell to Marco Rubio. 
Ted Cruz, Marco fucking Pubio, Bitch McConnell, Dead Cruz. And fucking Lindsey Buttram. Okay, uh, I'm going to pull up a little bit of a cut of those other senators, what they had to say in 2016. The very ones that are saying we owe it to the American people to push someone through now, someone President Trump chooses. I'm going to play you some audio from 2016 from the actual mouths of those senators. You're fucking who? God, never show me ads. Can we talk about how we fucking... Back when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a streaming platform. Everything you watched on TV, not on your computer, because there was no such thing, you would have to watch fucking commercials. Then Then TiVo came along, and TiVo was a device that you could record your shows, then watch them later, and fast forward through the commercials, without a VCR, without anything else. Well, I'm fucking dating myself. I'm fucking old, all right? And then, the internet came along, and commercials were, see ya. Fucking see ya to commercials. But now, we're just back to the original shitty fucking way it was, Well, everything we fucking click on, we got to see a fucking ad for Febreze or some shit. We're back to 1950. Congrats, everyone. If everything wasn't fucking maggot out enough, if we weren't already going backwards enough, we got to go backwards. We even got to watch fucking commercials before we see any fucking thing ever. Anyway. That's not really the point. That just came to me. It's something I think about a lot. It came all the fucking way full circle. All right, here are those fucking senators. Being pieces. My words against me. Oh, wait. These Republican senators in 2016, particularly Senator Lindsey Graham, who paints an almost eerie picture of exactly what is happening right now. Watch. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination. And you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely right. We're setting a precedent here today, Republicans are, that in the last year, at least of a lame duck eight-year term, I would say it's going to be a four-year term, that you're not going to fill a vacancy of the Supreme Court based on what we're doing here today. That's going to be the new rule. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction. That was Lindsey Graham, and I'm going to keep going. This is Mitch McConnell. Direction of the Supreme That was Lindsey Buttram. Now I'm going to go with Bitch McConnell. Supreme Court. And have a profound impact on our country. So, of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. I don't think we should be moving forward on a nominee. And here's Marco Pubio. In the last year of this president's term, I would say that if it was a Republican president. President Obama is eager to appoint. And here's Dead Cruz. 
Justice Scalia's replacement this year. But do you know, in the last 80 years, we have not once has the Senate confirmed a nomination made in an election year, and now is no year to start. This is for the people to decide. I intend to make 2016 a referendum on the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. Fucking K. So that was your rationale back then. And now it's literally the exact opposite. Like none of that shit ever happened. Lindsey Graham is literally saying he's painting a perfect picture of if the tables were turned, what he would say and what we should say in response to that. They are setting a precedent and we would be absolutely right to let the the voters decide. Now, look, I thought it was bullshit when they did it to Obama. I think a president, if he's sitting, he's already been voted in, he should be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Unfortunately, you dumb fucks voted in Donald Trump. So, unfortunately, he should get to pick. But Obama should have been able to pick, too. And I'm not big on whataboutism. But fucking A, what are the fucking rules? You're literally... Fucking Lindsey Buttram is literally saying, use my words against me. We are setting a president. If the tables were turned, you should do the exact same thing, and you would be right. And now he's saying, we should push it through. I see no reason why we would delay. I see a reason, you fuck, and that reason is you. You can't just do whatever the fuck you want, A. B, if you can just do whatever the fuck you want with no regard of what you said before, then everything's fucked up. And for hypocrisy to get to this level... This fucking bald-faced hypocrisy. To get to this level. I zoom pat, I zoom into confusion. Then I zoom past confusion. And I say, oh, you know what? Now I get it. Nothing could be more crystal clear. This is all fucking bullshit. The system is fucking bullshit you all you motherfuckers four years ago were doing the exact thing the the exact opposite of what you're doing now and you're pretending four years ago never even fucking happened how is this fucking okay how is anybody okay with this The Supreme Court is actually one of the very few things that matters that we vote on in a presidential election. It's one of the few things that who we choose as president that shines a that that 
It's one of the fucking few things that we have an actual voice in on the national on the on the national stage. It's easy to look at the shit that a shit the shit that a president does and say, I don't know, I, most of that doesn't affect me. This shit does affect you. So for you to sit around and not really fucking be beside yourself at all this shit. I mean, this actually does go beyond politics. How can you be okay with that hypocrisy? How can you be okay with that? If you're okay with that, then you need to admit that nothing matters to you. Nothing matters to you. And that the ends always justify the means. And if you can admit that, then all I can say about you is that you're a fucking piece of shit. I can't call you a liar. I can't really do anything besides say, oh, you're a giant fucking piece of shit, but at least you're not a liar. But no, none of these people are saying that. If Mitch McConnell, if bitch, bitch Connell was out there saying, you know what, what I did in 2016, I got to be honest, that was what I had to do to make sure what I got, what I wanted was what I got. And what I'm doing now All I'm doing is to make sure I got what I wanted, regardless of anything else. What's so weird about that? If bitch, bitch Connell said that, all I could do was say, well, okay, you are the largest piece of shit in the world. You are the largest piece of shit, but at least you're not a liar. Now what I say to... Bitch, bitch, Connell. Is wow. You are the biggest piece of shit in the fucking world. And you're a liar. The first one, there's nothing you can do about it. If you're the biggest piece of shit in the world, you're the biggest piece of shit in the world. Do you know what I mean? Your brain is your brain. If your brain is making you be the biggest piece of shit in the world, then... I don't know what to do. Neither do you. You're the biggest piece of shit in the world. Even if you could do something about it, you wouldn't. Why? You're the biggest piece of shit in the world. That, to a degree, is fucking understandable. If you're the biggest piece of shit in the world, oh well. And if people want to vote for the biggest piece of shit in the world, oh well. But you're going to be the biggest piece of shit in the world and you're going to fucking lie about it and... Everyone who agrees with you and your politics just decides to fucking ignore it? Fuck you. You're ruining the fucking everything. To lie like that, to be that much of a fuck fuck face hypocrite, you are ruining everything. And I don't mean politically. I mean, you are ruining discourse. You are ruining fucking everything. If you are that hypocritical and that unwilling to look at it and acknowledge it, you are ruining the world. Because that attitude fucking permeates. Acting that way spreads. It's contagious. Because people say, well, why would I uphold myself to, to any standard if you're going to be like that? You, the, the majority leader of the fucking Senate, can just be the biggest piece of shit in the world and lie about it? 
Uh, well, I'm just a guy who knows some people, who some people are aware of. Why the fuck would I hold myself to any standard of anything? And while we all might not be thinking that, it's still seeping in. And I think that's true of people on any side of the spectrum. That's why I think this goes beyond politics. If this kind of behavior is acceptable, then any kind of behavior is acceptable. And we're all even more fucked than I ever would have imagined. You can't sit there and be okay with that if you care about anything. You could use my words against me. And you'd be right. Hey, Lindsay Buttram, I'm right. Thanks. You're telling me I'm right. Well, listen, this is the right thing that I'm going to say. You are a fucking piece of fucking shit, dude. I mean, Lindsay Buttram, it's not even that good of a dig at your name. You don't even have a name good enough for me to come up with a good dig for it. I mean, let's all fucking agree to agree that Marco Pubio is absolutely the best one. So for that reason, I hate Marco Pubio a little bit less than I hate Lindsey Buttram. Bitch, bitch Connell. That's actually a pretty good name. I mean, Mitch is the easiest one. Just bitch immediately. But you're so shitty that you stay in Lindsey Graham territory. I, I still like Pubio better than bitch. This shit ruins the fucking world. I'm going to use a word that I never use. And I don't mean it the way pe- most people use it. But I mean it. And there's, no, there's, there's not a better word for the thing I'm trying to get at. So I apologize. But I mean this not at all religiously. I mean this like energy. Vibe. This is fucking spiritually deadening. If this is the way people with the most power are allowed to behave, why the fuck is anybody behaving any way at all, holding themselves to any standard at all? I know it's a lot to expect politicians to hold themselves to any standard, but this couldn't be a clearer hypocrisy. And I, not to be fucking Lindsey Buttram or anything, but I would say the same fucking thing if Democrats did this in 2016 and the other, and it was happening the other way around. I'd be like, yo, hey, people who I voted for, you did a thing, now you gotta fucking live with it. That's what, that's what doing a thing is. Doing a thing, as Lindsey Buttram would say, setting a precedent What that is, is when it happens again, the same thing has to happen again. Otherwise, it's not a precedent. Otherwise, it's just some bullshit you did to get what you wanted. 
there's never in my fucking lifetime been a clearer picture of how fucked up our present system is than this. It might not be the, obviously it's not the worst thing that's happened in my lifetime, politically or otherwise. But it is the, it paints the absolute clearest possible picture of why our political system and one could argue our society in general is as fucked as it is. Because this kind of hypocrisy not only runs rampant and not only is everywhere, even at the highest, highest, highest levels, but no one gives a fuck. If you agree with it, you just go along with it. I mean, if you agree with what it would mean to put this judge and not that judge, then you just let it fucking go. Well, fuck you. This isn't even how it used to fucking be. Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself was approved like 97 to 3 or something. There's 100 votes in the Senate. Sandra Day O'Connor was 100 to 0. Many, many, many justices, almost all of them, before, I guess, Obama, uh, yeah, Obama, were resoundingly approved. Because we all understand the president gets to fucking do that. You guys fucked it up, though, four years ago. You break it, you fucking buy it. <sighs> the other thing, real quick, before I take a break, the, the whole thing about presidents of a certain leaning, Obama obviously being a liberal, Trump being a, a, a conservative. I mean, I don't know how you can even call him that. He's just a fucking a fuckhead guy floating around. Bush, conservative. They're expected to and do appoint people who align with their ideology, who are on their side of the political spectrum. Bush Sr. appointed a... Uh, uh, or maybe it was Reagan, Scalia, and Thomas. Hard right. Kagan and Sotomayor on the left. Ginsburg on the left. Presidents pick who... I mean, Obama didn't pick Ginsburg. But presidents... and Oh, Trump, Gorsuch, 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 whatever the fuck. Gorsuch, suck me off. And Kavanaugh. I like beer, Brett. I like beer, Kavanaugh. Those are Trump. Those are fucking far right picks. Make the people who, who are on the far right of the political spectrum happy. But hey, I have, I have a, 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 an earth-shattering thought about all this. And it's real fucking simple. And it's this. Why the fuck are judges liberal or conservative at all? Doesn't that 
intrinsically and implicitly negate their ability to be a fucking judge? They don't make the laws. They interpret them and adjudicate. And because they don't make or even have a hand in the making of laws, there shouldn't be any fucking bias at all. They are judges. Not politicians. Not lawmakers. So the simple fucking idea of a liberal or conservative judge is fucking bullshit in the first place. We take for granted that it's not because it's become so fucking politicized, we just accept it. The law as written is the law as written. Should we have fucking nine fucking moderates on the Supreme Court? The fuck? You want to change the law, become a politician. You want to enforce the law, become a cop. You want to interpret the law, you become a judge. Don't fucking mix them up. Why the fuck is any judge far up one side or the other of any spectrum politically? Fuck that. The laws are already fucking written. I don't want somebody reading them through a fucking political lens, through their own ideology. Fuck you. You're one fucking person. You're nine people. All of you should just fucking be the best ever at interpreting the existing laws as objectively as you can. I don't want some hard right motherfucker deciding the fate of the fucking country or some hard left motherfucker. I want somebody who does what the system was designed to fucking do, which is objectively interpret the existing laws. That's the system. A fuck you. Fuck you, bitch, bitch, Connell. Fuck you, Lindsey Buttram. Fuck you, Marco Pubio. I'm going to say that again because I fucked it up. Fuck you, Marco Pubio. And fuck you, dead Cruz. Fuck all of you. Fuck everybody. Fuck every senator fucking ever. Fuck all this shit. You all fucking suck. Okay. Uh, sorry, I just had to try to loosen myself up there. Okay. All right, I'm going to take a fucking break. Uh, talk to you when it's over. Okay. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. And I'm back. And in some lighter news, this happened the other day. Yesterday, maybe. I don't fucking know. Who gives a shit what day anything happened? Nobody should have to remember the day that anything happened because it happened on a day. And if it happened, that's what matters, okay? So me not knowing what fucking day this happened doesn't matter. But here it is anyway. The first woman on the moon and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow, I mean, I, when I first heard that, I fucking died. To land an astronaut on Mars. 
on the moon and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. The first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. The first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. You want to fucking tell me Joe Biden can't talk? Oh, oh, I agree. But you know who else can't talk? The guy who's been president for four years. This is the kind of shit I just don't... uh, This actually is confusing. The thing I was talking about in the beginning of the show, that is so confusing that I come out the other end that it's not confusing anymore because it's such mega, 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 mega bullshit that it just becomes fucking absolutely clear as day. Oh, everyone's the biggest piece of shit in the world and they're lying. Cool. This is different. This thing I don't understand is different. This is just confusion. I don't come out the other end. For instance, what I just said. The whole Trump campaign is about Joe Biden can't put a sentence together. Oh, you can't put a sentence together, man. A fucking pot calling the kettle black, right? You can't say anything. Dude, if you read a transcript of something Trump said, it doesn't make any sense. Unless it's pre-written and he actually says what's on the fucking teleprompter. Otherwise, good fucking luck. And you want to tell me the guy you're running against can't talk? Fine, but also say, you can't talk. But don't point the finger out and then not back at yourself. Because one of your whole things is you don't make fucking sense. But it fucking sticks. It totally sticks. And now all you ever hear about is how Joe Biden doesn't make sense. You don't make sense, fuckhead. And then the big, big, big talking point of the right right now is, oh, the far left is, is out to fucking turn this into red China, turn this into the Soviet Union, bringing communists back, socialism. And yeah, there is a part of the far left my wing of the political spectrum, that actually does want to do that. They're a minority, though. And as much as you like to think they do, they do not pose a threat of actually instilling communism. Okay? Fucking K? But this is all we hear about. And you know what we don't fucking hear nearly enough about? And I actually blame this on fucking Joe Biden and Democrats is the far, far, far fucking right. The mirror image of the far left, okay? The dementedness of the far, far right. Because if we got to face the people who are on our side, if we got to face that down and say, oh yeah, they're fucking crazy, fuck them. In the same breath, we also got to face the fucked up people on your side. And just for a fucking taste, as we all know I like to do, anybody who listens to this show knows, 
Right Wing Watch is one of my favorite fucking Twitter accounts. They only have 183,000 followers, but the follower count should be the entire world. It should say 492 following the entire world followers is what it should say. But it only says 182,000 182.9,000. Unfortunately. But let's get a fucking taste of the mirror image of the far left that everyone's so fucking scared of, apparently. Everyone's so scared communism's gonna fucking take over if Joe Biden wins. Joe Biden, the communist? K. Nah. Fucking nah. K. I fucking clicked on something. I didn't want to click on it. And now we got to wait longer. But here we go. How about, how about the right or anyone? How about Joe Biden talks about motherfuckers like this who are an even bigger block of the right than fucking communists on the left? Let me tell you something, by the way. Communists don't like Joe Biden. He's a fucking moderate. He's got many, many progressive policies on his, I don't know, it, on his platform to throw as many bones as he has to to the far left to get them to fucking vote for him. He is a moderate, though. But let's address radical right-wingers because we hear all the time about the radical left is going to destroy America. Let's see about the radical right. Let's see what Dave Daubenmeyer, Dave Daubenmeyer, some guy with his own, what a surprise, internet show, has to say about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I would like you to point me to someone who said this kind of shit about Justice Scalia. In which case, I will say, yeah, that guy's a fucking asshole too. You gotta call it like you see it on both sides. You can't call it only on your side and not the other side. Everybody on the far ends of the fucking spectrum is a fucking nut. Although I will say this one is beyond nut. Dave Hendalbenmeyer, here he is. I said this, Hitler condoned the killing of at least 6 million. Okay. Ginsburg, 60 million. Okay. Do you mourn Hitler's death? No. Who's more wicked? Hitler. If it wasn't a tragedy that Hitler died, why is it a tragedy that she died? Can somebody, can somebody explain that to me, please? Sure, man. I'll explain it to you. Let me break it down for you, Dave. Let's see, where do I start? Hitler engaged the rest of the world in World War II because he invaded Poland and the Sudetenland, which is now Czechoslovakia, to regain territory 
that he sees as rightfully belonging to Germany. He invades both regions, kills a bunch of people. The SS and the Wehrmacht put on pogroms. Pogroms? Pogroms? I don't know what they're fucking called. Where many, many, many Jewish people were slaughtered in the name of German expansion. Then he proceeds to invade the rest of Europe and little by little forcibly takes over almost all of fucking Europe, killing many, many people, not only Jews, along the way. Then he decides, well, this is going really fucking well and it's really fucking easy. I got France in my pocket, Spain's an ally, Italy's an ally. I almost got England all the way covered. They're fucked. They're not all the way taken over, but they're going to get there. So you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to go east, and I'm going to fucking invade Russia, too. Proceeds to invade Russia, gets all the way to fucking Moscow, or Leningrad, really, and the bloodiest battle of World War II is the Battle of Leningrad. Hundreds of thousands of people die there. On top of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands that are already dead in Europe, on top of that, what Hitler does is he establishes concentration camps all across Eastern Europe. Concentration camps for Jewish people who he has labeled the scourge of Europe and the reason that Germany has befallen its fate. He has made the Jews the scapegoat. And because Germany was so fucked up at the time, Germans ate it up, believed, or at least allowed themselves to believe that it was actually the Jewish people and a a worldwide global conspiracy against them to diminish their power, which is rightfully theirs. This is what Hitler thinks. This is what he convinced the German people to fight for. At the concentration camps, he rounds up every single Jewish person he possibly can, and at those camps, he murders 6 million more people. Mostly Jewish people, but also homosexual people, gypsies, as they were called back then. And really, let's fucking face it, anybody who wasn't an Aryan was fucking suspect. So that's what Hitler did, Dave and Daubenmeyer. Let's see what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. She was a Supreme Court justice. Who was a judge her whole life. And killed zero people. Never tried to kill anybody. Never once lifted a finger in an effort to kill somebody. As far as I know, never wanted to kill anybody. A generally, one could say, uniquely peaceful 
and thoughtful and compassionate person. I would say that. But even if you don't think that, even if you disagree with her politically, she killed no people. What he's referring to is her voting for women's reproductive rights, women to control their own bodies, abortion, abortion rights. So that's what he's talking about. He's likening Ruth Bader Ginsburg to Hitler because of that. So that's, Dave, that's the difference between Hitler and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Those are broad strokes, but that's the gist. That's the basic gist. And here's what I have to say to that. My closing argument to Dave, Naubenmeyer. Here it is. One more time for those who might have missed it. Fuck! How about we address those motherfuckers? Because there's a lot of them on the other side. But no, we all we hear about is the radical left. The radical left wants to do away with America. As we know it. Fuck you. I said this. Hitler thinks he's really driving the home point. He, the home point. Thinks he's really driving the point home with that one. So you tell me, what's the difference between Hitler and Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Okay. Ah. <sighs> Nars, the first astronaut on Nars. Oh, political, this episode. Oh, political. Oh, well, what are you going to fucking do? Election's coming up. Don't like it. Don't listen. Don't know. Don't know what to tell you. This is what's happening in the world right now. This is what I'm going to fucking talk about. Don't like it. Don't listen. Like it. Keep listening. Like it, tell me. Don't like it, don't tell me. It's as simple as that. That's generally my philosophy, though. If you... This is a good life philosophy, actually. If you like what I do or say, tell me. I love that. Tell me. If you don't like what I do or say, don't tell me. Just don't pay attention to me. Don't listen to what I say. Here's what you shouldn't do if you don't like what I say. Tell me. Here's what you should do if you do like what I say. Tell me. Thanks. And now moving on from politics... And life philosophies. The other big uh, piece of news, if you could call it that, from last week, for me personally, was this ad, or I don't even, can you call it that? 
that Matthew McConaughey did for some fucking whiskey that he... Why is he like a spokesman for everything? He's a spokesman for a few kinds of cars, spokesman for a few kinds of whiskey. Just, what's up, you know? Why He's just a professional fucking spokesman now. Is he, even, is he an actor anymore? Anyway, this is... Uh, this is this is Matthew McConaughey here in an ad for I believe it's Long Branch whiskey. So what if Oak and Mesquite were throwing a party at the lake house this weekend? <laughs> I'd go. I mean, don't laugh. He does at the end. Oak and Mesquite were throwing a party at the lake house this weekend. <laughs> I'd go. <laughs> Fucking wow. You know, I've showed that to a lot of people. And I've talked to a lot of people about that. And I'll be honest, the response hasn't been up to snuff. Him saying that is whatever. I mean, Oak and whatever the fuck else he says. Having a party this weekend. I'd go. <laughs> what if Oak and Mesquite were having a party this weekend? I'd go. <laughs> I mean, that is... First of all, let me get some of this straight. I like Matthew McConaughey as an actor. I think he's insanely entertaining and fun. A lot of actors aren't fun. He's fun and I like it. That is the best thing he's ever done in his entire life. And he's done a lot of good shit. He's won an Oscar. Everybody loves True Detective. He's been in a ton of great shit. People love him in Daisy, from Days and Confused all the way up to True Detective. People loving Matthew McConaughey. But that, he kicked it into another fucking gear. I think you might need to hear it again. So what if Oak and Mesquite were throwing a party at the lake house this weekend? <laughs> I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> so what if Oak and Mesquite throwing a party this weekend? Huh. I'd go. <laughs> the greatest thing an actor has done in all of 2020. Which ain't saying much, but but he did it. So thank you, Matthew. Matthew, you know? What's that? Go by Matt. No one goes by Matthew except the guy who wrote the Bible. Matthew is exclusively for the guy who wrote the Bible, who co-wrote the, who co-wrote the Bible, and absolute assholes. So, I know you didn't co-write the Bible, Matthew McConaughey. Are you an absolute asshole? I'm a big fan, but it's very possible that you're an absolute asshole.
In fact, I would imagine a lot of guys who laugh like this, ah, are utter, complete assholes. I love you, but I don't know. Maybe you're an asshole because you go by Matthew and you didn't co-write the Bible. Uh, what else we got? Oh, oh, fuck. Okay, this is an embarrassment. I'm willing to admit when I've failed myself and and really at life. And I've failed at life until very recently, until last night, actually. There's a movie called Cruising, starring Al Pacino, directed by William Friedkin, based on a book, I believe, of the same name. And it's about the underground uh, heavy leather scene uh, in New York City in the 80s. Like underground, hardcore, uh, gay clubs where like leather daddies were the thing. And Al Pacino's an undercover cop who infiltrates the scene to find a killer. How have I not seen that movie? Based on that description, I mean... I don't know. I knew, obviously I knew about the movie. I'm a big fan of William Friedkin. I'm the biggest fucking fan of Al Pacino. It just like slipped through the tiniest of cracks. But I watched it and I fucking loved it. If any of you are on Letterboxd, I'm on Letterboxd. And I put in every movie that I see into my little fucking diary thing. And I rate them. Sometimes I even write reviews for them. They're not really extensive reviews. Like I wrote a review for the John Travolta movie, The Poison Rose, which I gave um, 0.5 stars out of five. And my review was, this movie deserves zero stars, but John Travolta is in it. And that's why it gets 0.5 stars. But that's like the extent of my reviews. I don't really like do full fucking film reviews. But Cruising gets five stars. Because I loved it. It's a great, great film. Uh, really, really some smart shit going on in there. in The filmmaking and Pacino's performance is fucking incredible. Um, but a little tidbit of information about the movie should you watch it. This is fucking interesting, though. So William Friedkin is probably best known for his 1973 film, The Exorcist. Uh, If you don't know what The Exorcist is, get your head out of your ass. I'm not going to explain it. But in The Exorcist, for anyone who's seen it, or anyone who hasn't, there is a scene in the middle of the movie where the, uh, the character Linda Blair is playing Linda Blair is the young girl who gets possessed. And they're trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Her mom, Ellen Burstyn, takes her to the hospital. And they do like a whole panel of tests. One of the tests is this fucked up crazy thing. I don't know what it's called. It involves blood, tubes, fucked up shit. Anyway, it's like a disturbing, upsetting scene. There is a lab technician administering this test who is on screen and off screen. His name is, let me make sure I get this right, Paul Bateson. Paul Bateson 
was an actual lab technician in New York City. And William Friedkin met him when he was location scouting and decided for the scene in the movie, he wanted to use actually this guy, Paul Bateson. Paul Bateson shows up and is basically himself in the movie. He's a lab technician playing a lab technician, seeking the authenticity that he was after in the scene. It's a very successful sequence and a very, very good scene in a very, very good movie. Paul Bateson got convicted for murder in 1979 and subsequently confessed to other murders that are very similar to the plot of the book Cruising. William Friedkin figures, finds this out, obviously learns that the guy that was in his movie is a fucking murderer and potentially a serial killer. And he gets very interested finds the book Cruising, puts the two ideas together, the idea that he has in his head, the one he made up about Paul, I guess, and the contents of the book, and makes the movie Cruising. That is what's called Hollywood trivia. That concludes the Hollywood trivia segment of the show. It's a fucking edgy movie. It's a very intense movie. But if you're into that kind of shit, and especially if you like William Friedkin or Al Pacino, you gotta watch, fucking watch it. It was very hard to find for a long time because it was misunderstood as anti-gay when in reality, it's the exact opposite. Uh, but now it's understood as that. Yay! Um, that not only concludes the Hollywood trivia segment of the show, it concludes the show running over an hour here and as you all know if you've ever listened to the show before i'm so fucking hot and sweaty because where i record my recording room is hot as fuck all right i'm gonna go cool off uh hopefully all you are doing all right i guess covid's back on the fucking uptick again great what a year so be safe as much as you can stay on Stay safe and stay on. I'll talk to you soon. Love you all. Take care of yourselves out there. Okay.